welcome to the Tea Hut, the podcast for unorthodox entrepreneurs striving for success by going against the grain, breaking down barriers beyond the biscuit tin, revealing what property professionals and construction workers really talk about on their tea breaks. Join us as we delve deep to uncover what it takes to succeed and be the best version of yourself. Welcome to the Tea Hut podcast, the unorthodox entrepreneurs podcast, where we break down the barriers that go beyond the biscuit tin. And if you're looking for lead generation on your business, I'd like to take this time to big up the sponsors, eGrowth Media, big up Joe Taylor. If you're looking for lead generation or social media management for your business, then get in touch with eGrowth Media. And today, I've got a great guest today that I'm really looking forward to getting into. And his name is Kane Barron. So Kane, I'd just like you to just take a minute, take a, a couple of minutes, whatever it is, introduce yourself to the Tea Hut audience and just tell us a bit about yourself. Well, thanks for having me. No problem, Appreciate mate. Appreciate it. Welcome. All right, yeah, so uh, where'd you start? So my name's Kane Barron. I think you covered that bit. I run a podcast agency, largest in the UK, so... I suppose I'm a bit of a bit of a geek about this whole audio thing, if I'm being honest. Um, it started as a bit of an accident a few years ago and has grown pretty significantly in the last couple of years. Um, so I don't know specifically, you know, how much detail you want or what you want to know about well, me. But that's, that's that's a good start. So let's just dive into that a little. Before we go into it, what I like to say to everyone, I'm really sorry, right? This is called the Tea Hut, right? And I've had a couple of guests come on recently offered them a cup of tea at the start. They're like, oh, I don't drink tea. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> haven't got any fucking coffee. Kane's done that to me this morning. So yeah, another guest I've upset. So I do apologize about that. But I always say to people, bring in, a, bring in your favorite biscuits and let's get into it and let's talk about that. So Kane, just to hold much to your camera, what you bought in for me today, mate? Original Oreos. Original Oreos. Original. Mm. Has to be. And I honestly think anyone that hasn't picked this on your show is wrong. I think you're the first, mate. Really? To put it up there on their first, their, their top, top. Actually, really? my man Ibrahim, actually, uh, he likes Oreos. But yeah, you're the first. What, what's like the, the common one? What's normally uh, Chocolate one? hobnobs, man. Yeah. Cho- but you know what I mean? They're a st- I don't really, I like them, but they're not up there for me. That's like a ham and cheese toasty. It's exactly. Like everyone likes it. It's, it's a safety air. biscuit. And yeah, it's yeah. like, so I'll, I'll bring them because everyone will eat them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? For me, I like these ones. Like I've, I've bought them in a couple of times now. The Fox's Crunch Creams. Nice. Yeah, like good the, choice. I like custard creams, but they're like, the custard creams are like the, the economy version yeah. of, <laughs> of this. Yeah, I, I like, I like the, uh, the top tier biscuits. So I like Oreos, but do you like dunking them or do you just eat, do, would you eat them dry? Both. Both? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I've never, I don't think I've ever dunked an Oreo because you're a coffee man, an Oreo yeah. in a coffee. So I'm going to have to try that. That's it. Well, I like. Uh, do you eat them normally? Do you, do you like, are you a, you're a I'm funny not guy? Twisting. Not a no, twister. No. You just dunk. That's it. Gone. Yeah. What about the mini ones? You like the mini ones? Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Any Oreo. Any Oreo. I'm not fussy. Even the other ones, the dipped ones, because they've got ones that are covered in chocolate. You tried them? No. Oh my God. Opening my eyes. Yeah. That's so it. dipped. They do a dipped one. Yeah. yeah so I go to Asda and pick up the other ones. Try the dipped ones, <laughs> mate. They're nice. So yeah, all right. Nice one, Kane. Nice one. So thanks for bringing them in, mate. That's all right. So Oreo King Kane. Right. So yeah, just roll it back. I mean, we were talking just before we got in here, and you just highlighted that you uh, run the. The, the leading podcast agency mm. in the UK. So what is that agency? Well, you know, I, I know who you are and I know who you work for and what you do. So just want to tell everyone else who doesn't know, you know, and, and, and what that is and what you do for people. Yeah, of course. So it's called Progressive Media. It's founded five years ago by entrepreneur called Rob Moore, mm. uh, his head of innovation, Tom Luter, both very, very intelligent guys and kind of happened by accident, to be mm. honest. Okay. So we are a production management marketing agency for podcasters but not celebs not like big brands nothing like that people it's, like me yeah, yeah essentially yeah. like it is you know we focus on independent creators it's yeah one celebs are a nightmare to work with <laughs> yeah. and you know you're dealing with egos and things like this yeah but also you know they've got if you're already famous, right, you don't need help to, to grow, grow your fan base. Yeah, like... You've already got a following, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. There's there's a couple of, like, celebs who've done some work with just because they're, like, friends of friends. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, like, Kevin Clifton from Strictly Come Dancing, Dapper Laughs. Mm. Um, but they're, they're kind of, like, an exception just because of the existing relationships. But yeah, yeah. it's about giving independent people, ordinary people, a voice, get their show out there, right? So mm. telling other people's stories... That sort of thing. What that, sort of services do you provide with your agency? So 
Simple answer is everything, but I know that's a terrible answer, right? Because you don't know what you need to yeah, production, recording, production, all that that's stuff. That's it. And to be honest, I think one of the biggest skills, I suppose, that's kind of underrated and is hard to put an actual price on is getting someone's, you know, thought, just that little thing in their brain that makes them think, oh, I want to do this, but yeah. I don't know what about... Like and how then, exactly and then turning that into a real idea yeah, yeah and yeah. something that's got legs something that they can be proud of yeah and really bringing it to life so literally from the i think i want a podcast to conception to exactly. completion basically exactly spot on so every single process that goes from from a to z essentially nice. is what we we do so we're beast beast based out of peterborough but you know podcasting i know i've sort of i've come to see you here but a lot of it is done through remotely absolutely mm. so that's the beauty of podcasting though isn't it because you can get this gear that we've got in front of us here people can see it and what we've got the roadcaster the laptop you can get all this stuff at home mm-hmm. or you know you don't even have to go i mean this is quite high end really yeah, yeah it is you don't need this level of stuff do you really to get started no. anyway do you no i think most people like if you've already got a laptop right so you, you're using zoom riverside something like that yeah you can get a dynamic microphone which mm. from a company that i recommend also called zoom but not the same as like yeah, video yeah, yeah. conferencing 40 quid yeah some headphones mm. you know another 30 quid bang you've got a podcast like exactly. away, away you go yeah right and we've worked with people in all sort of different industries from like biohacking to entrepreneurship to um you know celebrity gossip right there's gone viral yeah, yeah, yeah from just their home office what i really like there's some crazy podcasts out there aren't there well because i sat there thinking well who's going to want to listen to me like talk about this stuff and like business and mindset and and i thought that it was actually after doing the three-day thing with you guys mm. at progressive the online what do you call it podcast profit systems our three-day course yeah. yeah that's it so i did that with you guys and you i think it was on there you said uh about subscription sites and this mm. subscription site they've got a podcast and all they do is talk about old football games yeah, yeah like football games from like the 40s 50s 60s and i'm like these guys have got they've got like a subscription site that's worth like i don't know i think it was 8k a month and i'm like this is insane mm. like people out there actually paying money to listen to someone or people to a couple of guys talk about old football games yeah it's madness 100%. well it is to me anyway i'm like fuck me i'm like if there's actually people that are willing to do that and pay money for that then fuck me i need to get in this it's the attention economy right yeah so yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those things that people will always spend a fortune on their hobbies yeah and football is a great example right so you know you can play football you watch yeah. on tv you'll pay to go see a game you'll yeah. have fifa you'll you know do a fantasy league like there's a lot surrounding it, isn't it? Yeah, there? it consumes their life around this one thing. Most people are the same, whether it be golf. Or some people are, you know, their passion is business, right? Yeah, so personal development. Exactly. Or, yeah. Whatever it is. So if you can create content around it and you're actually providing some sort of value, entertainment, whatever it, it is. It will be consumed. A hundred percent of people pay for it. So I always, especially on the, like the training, I always use the same example. Like those of you that are football fans, how many of you will spend 40, 50 quid a month on, you know, you now need your Amazon Prime, BT Sport, Sky Sport to watch football, right? Yeah, yeah. And you still don't even get all the games. No. And if you follow like a shit team, right? Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. losing every single week and you're forking out all this money and it ruins your whole day. Like people, millions of people do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why wouldn't somebody pay you five, ten pound a month if you are entertaining about, I don't know, maybe it's mixed martial arts or entrepreneurship Anything. and mindset personal development and yeah. you're the person i resonate with because yeah, we're yeah, similar yeah. right yeah. of course i'd pay that yeah it's madness because I, I i what also opened my eyes is when also doing that with you and you we were going through like the different ways to monetize the subscription sites the podcasts and blah 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 i was sitting there thinking well yeah i was like because how many fucking um direct debits have i got in my mm. bank that go out my bank for three pound five pound six i don't even know what they are yeah like i look at my bank statement i'm like what the fuck is that 4.99 like, that's been coming out for like five years and i don't even know what it is <laughs> that's but it you don't but even when i do that i'll go ah oh, fuck it yeah it's not and i won't even that. cancel it yeah. it's just like i'll let them just carry on raping me for the six pound a month and i don't even care what it is just have it honestly yeah it's just effort yeah it is but then well, i say this i was saying this to my business after doing that with you and i was speaking to my business partners in in my development company and i was going listen like they're, they're, we're missing out some serious tricks here boys mm. like because within my company there's three of us right there's me uh, my partner who's a quantity surveyor got his own building company as well and my other partner who's got um, a buy to let portfolio he's got over 60 properties he's been doing it for 30 years so 
I'm like, look, like as a collective, like we've got so many different um, experiences and mm-hmm. you know history in property and construction and business and lots of other stuff mm-hmm. that if we were to just seriously sit down and like dissect it all up and you know like you say, put it on a subscription site and direct, uh, put it down into modules, teach people stuff and give value. Like people will fucking buy that. hundred percent. Like hundred percent. So I was talking at an event in uh, February uh, all about that. So, you know, I talk about podcasting, content creation, stuff like that, mm. but specifically really geared at like business owners. So saying like, if everyone's saying recession's coming, economy's in the toilet, inflation's at all time high. Do something. Who, yeah, exactly. But who's going to be spending like really high ticket on your courses your consultancy who's going to be trusting you with lots and lots of money when everyone's going to be counting pennies mm. so now's the perfect time to turn all of your knowledge build a brand build a brand put it somewhere that is like at an accessible fee i call it like a wallet opener yeah so if it's 10 pounds a month and i get access to your three guys knowledge mm. and the key to success here is don't hold anything back because you feel like oh they won't buy anything from me if i give it all for 10 scrap that yeah yeah, yeah. give it give them everything what people are going to think is, okay, if this is just a tenner, mm. well, look, I, I like these guys, but I'm not sure if I want to spend, you know, 10 grand with them on yeah. X, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll spend 10 pound a month and I'll see how it goes. Mm. That's perfect, right? Yeah. Now you've got them in. You might even have their bank or card details, right? Yeah, so it's yeah, even yeah. easier to charge them. Yeah. And then if they're consuming this, maybe they're part of a WhatsApp group, they're consuming all of your content for 10 pounds a month. Fuck me, right? If I'm getting all this Serious for a tenner, value there. what would happen if I... Invested ten grand, grand, five grand, whatever. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So like, my three day training, I get a lot of like positive feedback from that. Actually, I'm very happy about. Yeah. But it's nothing that I wouldn't say here or on my podcast or if somebody WhatsApp like sent me a message on Instagram, right? Give the same advice. Always give the same advice, Mm. and people will always think, "Well, what will happen if?" Yeah. And that's how I've seen like turning any content into like real cash or clients. Yeah, yeah biggest piece of advice but yeah everybody should have some sort of course online resource center ebook membership site something yeah. especially as time's going to get more and more difficult it's going to be a good way just to keep some clients ticking over until they're ready yeah well i see what done it for me is that i sat there and I, again after doing that with you and realizing I, I was like well last year i raised three quarters of a million quid in private investor funds yeah. but that was from like 15 people right and i just yeah. thought hang on a minute if these people are already got the no like trust in me mm. and they're already willing to part with that sort of money and invest that money into my business and what we're doing mm. then surely i could get the lower the lower hanging fruit to pay mm. five pound a month yeah a 100%. thousand times do you know what i mean so yeah that you know it's sort of like i'm i'm all for doing something new and trying things out and i think like one of rob's books is like start now get perfect later 100% mate I'm all for that I'm like yeah. look just fucking do it yeah. but don't sit wasting your time thinking about doing it because you'll never do it like even if like you know you start out and it ain't as it ain't as uh, polished as you'd like it to be or, or whatever it is it doesn't really matter does it like as long as you're starting right 100% like if you, you've got two people and they've both got the same goal mm. if you go okay you both start now and then we'll check back in in a year mm. Who's going to have the better product or, or content, whatever it is? The person who was planning it for a year, doing the perfect launch, doing all the research, or the person iterating for a year? Mm. Anybody who thinks it's the person who's planning for a year is just an idiot. Yeah. Let's totally. be fair, right? It, it's always going to be, everyone's going to be crap. My first podcast, bear in mind, I talk about this for a living, mm. was terrible. Was it? Dog shit. <laughs> you hate, would you, do you hate listening to it now? Yeah, I haven't listened to it in a very long time. <laughs> and like, I've even like accidentally released episodes that sounded perfect. Yeah. And it slipped through the cracks and it went mm. out there and there was tech issues and the, my microphone was wrong. Like, stuff happens. Yeah, but yeah. am I way better two years down the line than I am now? 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, and, and those things. A what's, lot the, what's the key to that? I mean, is it like being willing to learn and willing to listen, not think you know it all? I mean, what's the key to fucking. Yeah, 100%. Like, I think if you're ever in a room and you think you're the smartest person, you're either in the wrong room or you're egotistical as fuck. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right? yeah, yeah 100%. So, like, now, I, I always try and surround myself with peers in, in the like, podcasting space because you're always going to learn something. Yeah. And then also taking advice of people who know 
nothing. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes they'll give you a perspective that... You haven't thought about. Exactly. Because when you're in an echo chamber of like everyone just in your industry... Often, yeah, that's... That, it's dangerous, it's right? It's counterproductive, I think. That's it. Because eventually you all end up saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you was part of the wave, but about 18 months ago, two years ago, um, the app Clubhouse got massive. Yeah, I was Audio social, right? Yeah. It was massive for us. Yeah. Huge. We did really well on that. Um, but the problem is, after about four or five months, we was hosting these rooms like two, three times a week evenings. And everyone just started like regurgitating the same information that we said three months ago. Everyone yeah. just started agreeing with each other. Yeah. And that's like really dangerous. Mm. Whereas... Because it's almost like you've hit the ceiling then, isn't you? That's it. Yeah. So now, um, you know, our... I've got the podcasters podcast, right? I talk yeah, yeah. about podcasting, super nerdy. I get it. But I, that's geared towards people that are just starting off or thinking of starting. Yeah. But every single episode, I ask people to leave me like an honest review of what they want me to cover. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, what I can improve on. Yeah. But those are like people that are outside the space, right? They're only just getting into it. Yeah. And normally they're the ones who will open your eyes the most to like what you're missing that mm. you might not have even thought of. Yeah. 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 I get that. I get that. That's interesting, but let's ro- let's roll it back a little bit, right? Because interesting when I asked you outside, how did you get into it? What's your what's your history? How old are you? Twenty four. Yeah, I thought you were early twenties. I would have mm. said about twenty three, twenty four. So, yeah, just tell me a little bit about how you got into. I mean, how did you get to where you are now? I mean, what was your journey? What was school like for you? What was the mm. what was the what was the plan for you when you were at school? I mean, when you were you know sort of taking your GCSEs and you're thinking about college, uni, what your next steps are. What was the young Kane Baron like? Yeah, so I feel like I've always been somewhat motivated to do things that are difficult. Yeah. Um, I've never been, like, necessarily motivated specifically by money, but the thing that money brings, so, like, freedom, freedom. and also just, like, I'm a big fan of like game theory i like mm. to gamify everything yeah. and i feel like money's just an easy way to track success i don't know what success is but yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. very personal but i feel like that's a decent metric so at school i was always after that so i remember very very vividly i was in uh, assembly in year six right and for whatever reason the term they would bring like parents in to talk about what they were doing yeah um and one lady she was a lawyer and she had a nice car and she went on three holidays a year i was like Bang, that's, that's me. What <laughs> that's, that's what me. I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, problem with that, though, is so I'm, like, really dyslexic. Okay. Very. Which is probably why I like audio stuff. So I did, um, I had to do a bunch of tests going into year seven. So I was about 12. Yeah. At the time, I had a reading age of a four-year-old. Really? Yeah. So school was, like, tough. Tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't, like, wasn't, like, bullied or anything. Like, I didn't have, like, but an you emotional found it tough, tough time. Yeah. Academically. 100%. Yeah. Um, so that, that kind of didn't marry up of like wanting to be a solicitor and like not being able to like read and write properly. So that was for the whole time I was at secondary school, my sole like focus was yeah. I'm going to do that. That's what I'm doing. hundred percent. Yeah. So like all of my GCSEs picked around like writing English stuff, history, yeah, psychology, yeah. same with A-levels. It was all geared towards that. And yeah it was an uphill battle. Like I could have definitely done better picking easier subjects, ones that were more natural, but yeah. for whatever reason, I was fixated on this end goal. Do you think it was because you were trying to prove a point? 100%. Yeah. Big chip on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And, you know, that was like a tough and uphill battle. And I don't know, like, it was kind of disappointing because I ended up getting to that goal. Like, I went to uni and I did a law degree and like... Passed, did you finish right? it? Yeah, yeah, finished yeah. the whole thing. But what was kind of like disheartening is in the summer between my second and third year, I was like, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. Really? Literally don't want to do this anymore. So the first So couple- before your last year, you'd made your mind up yeah, and thought, this, isn't this ain't me. for me. This is not me. So thing. you then had to do a f- another year, Hunt, yeah. finish it. That's it. With, without your heart in it. That's it. And like that was COVID year as well. So half of it was at home. <laughs> so it was like... <sighs> different I, yeah it was crap i was like it was kind of disheartening so first two years i was always trying to m- make a buck essentially like yeah, I, yeah. I, I worked i worked the whole way through it but i was always trying to do something else so i started a um like an arbitrage marketing agency so i went to uni in lincoln which is very like um it's a bit older like that it's all around by like an actual high street and lots of independent shops yeah, and like stuff lincoln. like this yeah it's lovely 
So I would go up and down the high street and I would just talk to these independent shop owners and say, like, do you need a website? Do you need social media? Stuff like that. And those that said yes, I then outsourced it to like a freelancer. Oh, okay. and I just kept the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't like really develop my marketing skills. You then. were just making some money. Like. Basically, yeah. Um, I ran um, leverage though. That's a good way of doing it. It worked for me. Oh, I had a full time job. Like I was at um, Costa. I was at O2. So I wanted to decided I wanted to do sales. Um, O2 was like the earliest thing. Um, and obviously balancing degree. Yeah. Um, and me and my friend Kudzi, we did like club events, and he's still doing that. So it was literally like anything to like earn a buck. And then what I found was like this stuff was like pulling me away from uni, mm. but to me in like a really positive way. Yeah. Like I would rather go and work like 30 hours or try and, you know, make a sale somewhere, be a club rep, whatever it is, like way more than I ever wanted to be a lawyer or be like go to uni and stuff like that. Do you think, like I said, you were just trying to do that because it, it seemed at the time so unachievable? Like when you were younger, you thought, oh, "Can I even do that? Fuck it, I'm just gonna do it." Mm. Do you know what I mean? Trying to, like I said, trying to prove a point to yourself or to others. Yeah, see, that, that's it. I don't know whether it was to myself or or to others. Um, what was your family support like at the time? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, good family, mum, yeah, dad, yeah, and all, all solid it. and stuff like Always, that. Always, you know, put your mind to it. You can do it. Yeah. Um, their like biggest mantra, which I suppose they had to kind of be encouraging, but obviously you don't want your child to be like super disappointed if things don't go right because obviously like it's hard it was it? against me on it so it was always like as long as you do your best yeah be proud of it yeah, yeah and yeah, like yeah. if you get a bad result and you're disappointed then we'll take that as you know you didn't do your best yeah yeah, yeah. and i think that i really like that more in like retrospect obviously like when yeah. i was like 15 16 just starting gccs i didn't really appreciate that as much yeah but you don't know at the time no yeah. you don't you, you know you get older you get wiser <laughs> yeah I've probably still got quite a while to go. <laughs> yeah, you're still so, early, mate. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So, but um, that was that was a big thing. It's just try your hardest. And yeah. then when I was at uni, I was like, third year, once I'd given up, I was like, I'm not trying my hardest. But I just don't want to. Was that during COVID or were you back at uni? So, term starts September. So, yeah. September till March, I was there. And then March till June, I had to go back home. That's, uh, that's okay. when COVID came in 2020. Um, that was your last year. Yeah, that was my last year. Okay. But the whole way, the whole way through uni, I was splitting my time between like trying to, I, I wouldn't say necessarily like be entrepreneurial as such, but I was always trying to do my own thing. You were. That was there. The spark was there, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's that's always kind of been there. I've always like listened to podcasts around that stuff, follow creators on YouTube, you know, read books and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I've always been interested in it. So I think that was. One of the real things that did it for me with, um, like, being a solicitor is I used to do loads of work experience. Yeah. I've always had, um, one of the things I'm most proud about myself is, like, work ethic. Yeah. So from 16, so once I finished GCSEs, till my second year at uni, every single Christmas, summer, half term, I did work experience. Did you? Always. Yeah. I, as soon as I turned 16, mostly because my mum forced me a little bit, I'm yeah. glad. So I worked immediately. Yeah, yeah. Like, as soon as I turned 16, she got me a job, ran with it. Yeah. Um, and then one of the, la well, the last bits of work experience I did, I was for a week just in this like cubicle. And I spoke to a girl, and it was almost like ghost of Christmas futures, right? She was like, she'd been to Lincoln, yeah. she did really well. She was almost 30 and she was still in the mailroom. Oh, shit. And like, once you've done your three years of um, law school, you've still got three more years to qualify. Mm. There's two different extra paths after that. One's two years, one's one year. Yeah. And she still had another two years to go. So she'd done a total of four years. But that, that final um, bit is called your training contract. And essentially, a you work for a firm and they pay for you to go through it. So it's yeah, yeah. very, very competitive. Yeah. There's only so many firms. There's tens of thousands of students every year. Yeah. And she was literally in the mail room because she didn't get accepted every single year. She was like, I will just work my way up this firm until they love me so much that they pay. But And they did, Fuck, but man. she was pushing 30. Yeah, you... I was like, I don't want to be 30 and earning like 16, 17 grand a year. Yeah. And do you know what I mean? That's fine if yeah. you're comfortable working. If you're happy with that, fine. Yeah. yeah. But also the work that you're like in a law firm and stuff like it's not 
easy stuff. No, no, no. Right, and it's a dull environment. Yeah. And like, I'm... You're like, oh, that sounds like office bitch. That's it. 100%. Yeah, I'm thinking like, but from my building site mentality, I'm thinking, right, that's gonna, that sounds like the lowest the lowest paid, lowest That's appreciated it. position in that industry. That's it. Like you're just down there. Like probably been there seven years, and I bet forty percent of the staff don't know your name. Oh yeah, that's shit. Fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. So I'm not again. I'm always. I'm always keen. Like when I talk about these sorts of things, that if you're that sort of person, that's all right. If you're happy with that. Yeah. But if internally you've got a struggle going on and you're like, I can't live like this thing, fucking get out there and do something about it, innit? 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. Ha- so then, yeah, go on, keep going. So what that, happened there? That's it. So that's when I kind of made the decision. That was summer going into my third year at uni. And I was like, nope. Not for that's, me. <laughs> nah, not happening. Um, so at the point, I, w- I feel like I was more about how do I get paid for the value rather than the hours that I'm there? Yeah. Um, and the marketing thing was fine, but it didn't like massively drive me probably because it was just like an arbitrage business. And I was like, eh, it was, you know, it's not very fulfilling. Um, so I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I was like, all right, well, I don't need to have my own business. So I'll go into sales. Mm. And that was the, the first start. So, um, you know, first few years at uni, I was being a club rep and then obviously eventually started doing my own events. Um, I worked at O2 because that was like the first retail sales job that said yes, essentially. Um, And then throughout my third year at uni, I was like, okay, what are like high paying sales jobs or high ceiling sales jobs? And I applied to a bunch. um, And I always kind of wanted to get into property and things like this. I was like, oh, uh, I'll go be an estate agent, something like that, get started. Yeah, work my way up that way. That's it. Um, And then got pretty much the first one I applied to day i was meant to sign the contract was the day we had the national lockdown oh. and the company ghosted me oh really Literally ignored text phone calls email i was like fuck you guys so i was like back at my parents house hadn't got any job prospect i was like saving for a house because that was like my just personal wasted goal. three years at uni honestly i was like just sent off my last assignment oh. um so that was crap you're like the stereotypical uni dropout, right? Basically. You go spend three years doing something you don't really like doing. Yeah. That's quite, um, I've heard that theme a lot when yeah. you, go, you go down a certain path and you realise, like, fuck, that's not me. 100%. So what happened then? Um, well, I sort of semi started telling you the story before. Yeah, that's a good story. Yeah, so um, when I was, I'll sort of rewind a little bit uh, to give context. So when I was just turned 16, the the job that, my mum ended up sort of accidentally getting me was at Costa. Um, worked all the time. And then there was this guy, very, very successful, very, very wealthy, used to come in every single morning. Like most of the time he was there before the staff were. And that was like 5 a.m. <laughs> that sounds right? like me, man. Yeah, so he was there once, twice a day and he was an early riser and this guy had a set of car keys on him, right? So he tipped well, very well every Christmas, you know, had like a Lamborghini, a Range, a Ferrari. And it's like, who is this guy? Turns out to be Rob Moore. Yeah. So he's from Peterborough, which is where I'm from. And, you know, served him, spoke to him, asked him questions here and there for like the years that I was working there, just because he was, you know, the most fascinating interesting guy. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he dresses flamboyantly as well, <laughs> yeah, doesn't he? So doesn't like, hang on, like. Spiky jackets and Louboutins. Yeah, like, who's this guy? He's like 6'4". He's not yeah, really yeah, yeah. Um, It's like, who is this guy? Um. And I followed a lot, like I listened to his podcast, read some of his books, listened to like a lot of his content. And he started in property, started a podcast, a disruptive entrepreneur now called Disruptor seven years ago. Um, and I was like, who is this guy? So basically the day that my contract fell through, might have been a few days later, I, I just messaged him on Instagram. And that takes balls, like we said earlier, like just to put yourself out there. Were you expecting a response? No. I was hoping. <laughs> what did yeah. you say? Go on. Uh, so I can't remember word for word, but it, it was along the lines of like, you won't know who I am, but I've been serving <laughs> you, you will. coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've been serving me coffee for like, I, I've been serving you coffee for like five years. Like, here's my skill set. So I spoke to him about, um, you know, sales, marketing, all the stuff at uni I was doing, you know, very results driven, this sort of thing. I was like, surely in one of your organizations somewhere Fit you've got a spot yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, kind of thing and he was like yeah basically um and you know he, he passed me on um and then i got interviewed 
by Tom Lucho I mentioned earlier, who founded the Progressive Media Podcast Agency with Rob yeah. about five years ago. And essentially, I came in as an account manager to look after clients and sales to find new ones because for three years, they hadn't... You, it was just organic. It yeah. was like Rob's mates, yeah. people here and there. And, and you know, they had a, a decent base of clients, but they needed somebody to go out and find new ones to, yeah, yeah, to grow. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what happened. And the first 12 months I was there, we more than doubled our client base, mm-hmm. um, doing really well, you know, a good business with like recurring revenue, you know, clients renewing and things like this. Yeah. That went really well. But what accidentally happened is just being around the space so much and very, very good marketeers and Rob and all the other experts at the agency is I just got obsessed with it mm-hmm. and learned pretty much everything to do about the industry. And that kind of was weird that I started in like a sales role, essentially, in like a account management. Account management. Mm. And now I'm getting paid for like people for me to give them advice on things and, you know, and negotiating and securing sponsorships worth like 25, 50 grand yeah, yeah. For, for other people and stuff like that, which is like baffling in the last, you know, two and a half years that I've been working there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll, client's base since i started is probably more than tripled our um production team and things like that is more than tripled you how know. many clients you got on your books um total probably 200 really yeah 220 something like that and you but, obviously do a very like not everyone has the same package no right? no some people would do like a season a year yeah some people are three times a week yeah right um some people are doing video audio social media some people are just doing audio right yeah, so the one it, platform that's it yeah it, it varies massively yeah, yeah definitely i would say we're probably at about 80 90 that are like big projects right so weekly or more mm. doing like multiple things for what's the what's the most i know everyone likes to think there's their own angle is individual but what's the most popular sort of niche that people are like talking about or podcasting about, you know, what, what that I've seen or that, like, yeah, that you us? think, yeah, that you think right. that you've seen. So industry, I would say it's becoming comedy, mm. right? So old style, like radio comedy chat shows. So you see a lot of like, see, that shit's been stuff. going on for years, isn't it? Yeah. Like, on radio five That's and things it. like that. People like, love it. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I used to, I used to listen to it with my granddad just driving and yeah, like, yeah. radio, but now it's podcasting. It's like, well, hang on a minute. It's stuck. This stuff's been going on for fucking years. I know. Well, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. No, you know, that's, just, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's definitely sort of growing massively and has done over the last few years. And I think it's currently the most popular. Mm. I feel like before that, it was business entrepreneurship. Which Personal still, development. That's it. Which is still like really prevalent and still uh, most people I speak to, probably because the world I'm in, wants to do something along those lines. Yeah. Definitely. I think those are the two biggest. And then... Probably third coming in will be some sort of like health wellness, like people that are into natural wellness, breath work, yeah. um, you know, the Hubermans of the world, all of that sort of stuff. Um, you think, probably third. I know, I know you, you, you like to go over in your uh, course that, you know, the, the market compared to YouTube is yeah. very low, like uh, not very crowded. But would you say it's overcrowded in certain niches? Um categories yes not niches yeah most people aren't in a niche yeah a niche right. is different I that's get, it I so get that. a lot a lot of what i talk about is the more specific you can be about your audience the quicker it'll grow yeah the more money you can make from sponsors right so one of basically a drinking game now so like anyone that says um you know that will come and say like oh i want to talk to interesting people is the basis of their podcast yeah so, yeah, yeah come on who's interesting right yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and like who, why would what I, do you want to talk about yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. so you've got to kind of pick your angle yeah and you know i feel like joe rogan's kind of responsible for that he talks to whoever he wants about whatever he wants for as long as he wants it's yeah free, he doesn't count he's the only right. one that can sort of get away with it though I think. yeah he is the only one right and why why would i choose you thing is people don't care about other people until they get to like a certain critical mass of following right yeah you know like if you talk to you know your 
sister because you think they've got an inspiring story. Yeah, they probably have. But are you going to get more views than like Graham Norton, who's interviewing like Grammy Award winners? Because yeah, yeah, we yeah. only care because those people are famous, right? Yeah, They've got only... accolades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but if it's a different angle and you're helping me scale my business from six figures to seven figures, you're going to help me invest in my first property or you're going to be entertaining, but specific, like there's a, oh, I can't remember what it's called, but there's a, a really big podcast and their um, membership site does like over a hundred grand a month. Mm. And it's all about finding celebrity predators, essentially. And yeah. the whole Epstein thing yeah. came from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what kicked it all off. But it, it's like entertaining. It's kind of like celeb gossip, mm. but it's got its own angle on it, yeah. which is what makes it unique, which is why you can be a nobody. Yeah, but yeah. because nobody else has taken that unique spin on it, yeah. like the fact that this is T-Hut, and you asked me a couple of hours ago to bring these, like, it's yeah. unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's kind of whether the topic you're discussing is a unique spin or the manner in which you are delivering it, like, this is a unique spin. That's what's necessary. Mm. So if somebody says to me, oh, I want to interview business owners and learn from them, bit tough. Yeah. If you want to talk to inspiring people, bit tough. Um, but generally, no, it is not that competitive. Mm. So, um, I saw a stat the other day from Chris Williamson's, um, modern wisdom, one of my favorite podcasts. So 90% of podcasters don't make it past episode three. Really? Yeah. And 90% of those that do don't make it past episode 20. Really? Yeah. So There's the margin of success it's tiny. It's fucking tiny, right? Yeah, 1%. Make it to 21 weeks, less than six months. Mm. You can be in the top 1% of achievers. Yeah. You might not have enormous downloads, but it's purely just consistency and sticking to it. Yeah, yeah. So the stat that you were sort of referencing is currently there's about 250-ish active, 250,000 active podcasters, right? There's about 5 million that's ever attempted it, Yeah. roughly. That's crazy, Spotify. the drop-off rate's mad, Amazing. So a big sort of skewer of that is people, they got popular in lockdown. Yeah. And a lot of people that were starting it towards the end of lockdown, as soon as the world reopened, oh, they were like, don't want to do that done. anymore. You know, yeah, yeah. I'll go back to work. I'll go to Pass, a nightclub. It was passing the time, wasn't it? That's it. Mm. So it is kind of skewed. But 250,000 is the same number of active YouTube channels there were in 2007. Before it boomed. Before it boomed. So it really boomed about a couple of years later. Do you think podcasting is going to do the same? I think it already has started to. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why I think it's a good time to start because if you go, all right, well, low competition, look at, you know, the hockey stick curve of YouTube. Yeah. Well, if everyone's already talking about... Nobody was talking about YouTube like people are talking about podcasting now. So for me, it's like, well, obviously it's an opportunity. Like, open your eyes. Do you know what I mean? Like, everyone's got one. Yeah, yeah. But do they? Yeah. Not really. No. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to continue to grow. YouTube have been very open about that's their next big move. Yeah. They've already started changing sort of their YouTube studio and their back end to yeah. um, sort of sub-categorize them. You've got shorts on there as well. That's now. it. Um, which is, so YouTube, second largest search engine in the world. Number one being Google, which owns YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like discoverability for podcasts has been one of the toughest things for it is there's no algorithm pushing it out. Yeah. YouTube will fix that. YouTube will push you out. You can monetize directly into YouTube. So on the three-day training, I have to teach people how to go after a sponsor. How do you yeah. negotiate a sponsor? If you don't, if you can't be asked for that, YouTube will just have AdSense. You can just monetize like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and now you can monetize shorts. So I think in the next 12 months, once YouTube really sink their teeth into it, it's going to explode which is why it's like a good time to get on it, get on it. And if you're already doing it and you're only doing audio, think, get think on YouTube, get on YouTube, you know, at least minimum record the video so you can use yeah, it later. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like the one, one thing that you go on about, which I do with everything is repurposing content. Amazing. You know, so I've obviously got, you can see the cameras are here set mm-hmm. up. I've got the audio. Um, I will splice these up into reels to go across Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. You've got to do that. Got to. Got to. And I think as long as you're doing that, like mixed with a bit of consistency, Mm. then the results will come. 100%. 100%. So Alex Hormozzi, I think a lot of people have seen his content and people even reference his like TikTok style. Yeah. Um, So I heard him on a podcast the other week and he was saying that 
more than anything, it just increases your chances of getting hit, like yeah. getting a hit. Yeah, and yeah. also it increases what you can track. Yeah. And what you can track, you can scale and also acts as like a mini motivator. Yeah. Right. So here's like, I could just upload on, say, Instagram, for example, but that's maximum like a post a day. Mm. But if I post on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, podcasts, I'm increasing the amount of things I can track, which means I can iterate and get better faster. Yeah. I'm more likely to get a hit because I'm just in more places. You're covering all them bases. Exactly. You're more likely to be found, but the best thing about increasing your chances of getting a hit is it's going to motivate you. Yeah. Anyone that's, you know, been done a diet, for example, first week, easiest week to lose some weight because, you know, you're at your heaviest. Yeah. As soon as you see that scale go down a little bit, you go, fuck, yes. Yeah. Love that. It's when it goes the opposite way. You're like, shit, fuck this. Yeah, yeah I'm going to yeah, give yeah, up. Yeah. Right? Going to give up now. But having those sort of consistent small little dopamine hits you know you you know we were talking about your facebook hit yeah, the other day, yeah. over 100k incredible yeah yeah, yeah. right yeah. but it's just about being consistent being everywhere yeah all the time all the time because like we say no one knows i mean everyone talks about algorithms and hitting it or not hitting it no one knows the actual like there is no secret like you know if you post at eight fifty-seven a.m you know on a wednesday you know, and use this hashtag, you'll get a million, million engagement or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. It is luck of the draw. And yeah. It, I mean, there is a certain element of understanding your audience. Like, you know, you can, you can look and see when people are active the most, when mm-hmm. you're getting the most engagement on what times of the day and things like that. You can look at that information, but there is no secret. Is there? Yeah. So the way that I like to see it is understanding the algorithm is like steroids. Yeah. Content creation and being consistent is yeah. the the working out and the nutrition, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and getting the good sleep. So there kind of is a secret. And when you get to a certain site, it's I know the formula saying. though, isn't it? That's it. It's all it's not just like any yeah, go on, carry so, on. That's right. So like if you know the secret, so when you get to a certain size audience, you normally get account managers at these big social platforms, yeah. which we're, as an agency, very blessed to have. Yeah. So we kind of do, they don't tell you everything, but they'll give you some nudges, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you did that and you had shit content, it would do nothing. Yeah. If you've got good content, but no, none of that, it will do a fair bit. Yeah, it'll get to if a certain level. If you've got both, you're sky high, right? Yeah. You're, you're smashing it. That's when you're constantly going viral. Yeah. So... Always focus on good content and being consistent. I that's you know the yeah. the workout five days a week. Get your eight hours. Drink loads of water. Eat your pro. Yeah. All of that crap. Right. That's just work the, out your strategy. That's it. Be consistent with it. Yeah. And focus on getting good content, which is why it's good to get feedback from people. And you know, if you get a, a criticism in the comments, don't just put them down. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that could be valuable. Engage with it. I that's say. That's it. Hundred yeah. percent. That helps you go viral as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But then figuring out the the extra sort of. 10% of what works. Mm. But thing is, what works is also audience and location dependent. Because yeah. you can Google when's the best time to post and it will say 6 p.m. But if is that somebody in the US that's writing that? Exactly. Is their yeah. audience in the US? They've got different behaviors than people in the UK. Yeah. So going back to the Hormozy thing of having more things so you can track them. Mm. So we've got one client who does really well on youtube especially car content but he's one of our only uk clients where his us audience is you know dwarfs his uk audience really so we had to really tweak and refine all of his content when it was going out when it's going on all of that to appease the american audience and like that literally within a couple of weeks his traction like doubled did it right it's so um it's important to be consistent with something and track it so then you can go, oh, well, Let's I posted it at 6 p.m. today, went yeah. viral, but I posted it 7 p.m. the last week and it didn't do anything. Yeah. Let me just do that a few more times, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I had a 30% boost. All right, well, I'll upload it at 6 That's p.m. the time. That's the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what works now, by the way, in six might, months could be, be different. Totally, and probably will be. <laughs> yeah, it will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I think it's important for any creators to be surrounded by other creators yeah 100% really important to like build a network of people not just in your same niche but other niches and yeah. learn from them mm. so we've got you know a pretty high level podcasting mastermind which is the same thing people in all different niches 
and more value than you know me and my team bringing is those guys communicating bouncing their, off each other 100 like their data that's really important but you are right more than anything it's kind of luck and yeah. it's just showing up i think yes consistency for me i mean like you're right in the sense like you can track things and you can sort of understand when the times are to post and mm you know, use your audience to your advantage in that sense. But there is no secret written down formula. This is what you've got to do every time to go viral. No. Right? That will never happen. That will never happen because it changes so frequently. And mm -hmm. it's just like it's a it's a really hard thing to tap right into. But for me, it's consistency. Like if I like if I'm watching two people and I'm going to invest in someone or I'm looking to put my money somewhere and I'm comparing two people I'm watching on socials, if one of them only posts once a day Mm. once a week and the other one posts twice a day mm. what one are you going to go with yeah you're going to go with a person that you can see physically every day uh, i mean I, at some point i, I sit up you know a day in the life people I'm, I'm making my breakfast here people just like seeing it mm. they like seeing that, that you know you're a normal person i think 100 so there's the saying visibility is credibility right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and th this was um key when donald trump got elected that their strategy was basically Get in the media, positive or negative, as much as yeah, you can. Yeah, who gives a shit? I, I can't remember the stat. I think I got it from the podcast Nudge, um, which is like a human behavior podcast, basically. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the stat exactly, but essentially it was like 30% or something like that of Americans will vote on the name that they know. Yeah. Because most people don't, you know, dive into politics. Most people don't care. Yeah. Don't I'll, I'll, I've seen his name in the paper in the headlines every day for the past six months. He, he's the guy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's the the enemy you know essentially. Yeah, yeah. Keep so, the devil close. That's it. Yeah, so yeah. a big part of it is just post all the time, be everywhere, repurpose. Yeah. And you will get, you know, we've done a lot of podcasts with property investors, things like that. Most of them use it to raise money. Yeah, of course. They because do. it's just it's getting out there, and yeah. then on the podcast is what I do in mine. I'll then interview clients. Yeah interview people you've raised money from how did that build go yeah, yeah what yeah. results did you get so now it's it's content yeah you chop that up testimonials testimonials yeah. yeah yeah social proof so but you know we can sit down here for an hour you can chop that up you can be on eight platforms you can post 50 60 bits of pieces of content individually off, each. Of, off of just sat here for an exactly. hour and that's what i think people don't understand because what i usually do with with like this i try to manage it a bit better where i have four or five guests in a day mm. so then all right yeah i've spent six hours in here but i've got six episodes when you strip that back that's like six weeks worth of episodes and then in between all that you've got 30 reels per episode Is, yeah across all platforms you've got the audio you've got the video 100 percent. you know and that, that's what i'm saying being consistent and being everywhere i think that's massively important and that's what i see with you guys and with rob Rob Moore is fucking everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't go on my Facebook or my Instagram without seeing his face. 100%. You know, seeing his little yeah, hand yeah, wave that he does in front the of A little pattern interrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, you know, he's consistent. He's always out there. That's and the biggest thing. And to be fair, the one of the biggest praises I can give Rob something that is really good is, so he made a decision about 10 years, to go, 10 years ago to go massive into his personal brand. Yeah. Which, by the way, has grown their business and their property portfolio is that, exponentially. Is that, is that good advice you'd give to people? Because I'm always, I'm quite like that. I'm like, look, we've got, I've got my property development company. I've got my construction business, but people buy into me. 100%. As a person. 100%. People like me. Do you know what I mean? So I think yep. the personal brand is equally as important as the, the business. Yeah. W way more important than the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% way more important. Like, And why that's important is a business brand in reputation has a ceiling on it to that sector yeah you know so i'll use rob as an example started in property mm. then moved to entrepreneurship scaling business then um pivoted to social media creator now it's you know financial advice for those who need it but progressive property has still got a solid brand in, in the community yeah but if he only focused on that as soon as he moved and pivoted into a different industry, his new interest for the next five years, mm. you would have to start from zero again. Yeah. Whenever it's your personal brand and your people are built into you, like, yeah, that's more important. Like, how often will people go to watch a film because they're, they're it's got a great cast, right? It's yeah, got a fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a good actor. We'll watch that. Watch that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
Nothing to do with... It's the no like trust thing again. 100%. Isn't it? Because they already vital. know him from previous. That's and it's it. like, hang on a minute, he's now doing this. We're definitely going to trust him because yeah. we've seen him for the past 20 years doing this. Yeah. I had great results with him. I felt, you know, fantastic about that. So, so important. Because it means you can move, pivot, and whatever you touch will turn to gold if yeah, you've yeah. already got that loyal that personal following. brand. Absolutely. Because you're the person. It's not like they're bought into a company which you're, it's behind a veil. The owners mm-hmm. are behind a veil. You've bought into a... To, to an entity, it's like you've bought into a person. People trust people. Exactly. You buy, people buy from people, don't 100%. They? Because I bet a lot of, I wonder how many, I mean, you might know, I don't, but how many people buy into Progressive because of Rob? I, I, I've spoke about this quite a few times. I've seen a lot of people uh, get involved. Well, actually, I can give you some stats. Yeah. So his, his podcast alone, and then he's got social media, he's got books, he's got public speaking. His podcast alone, podcast and YouTuber combined. Yeah. Um, brings in about a million pounds worth of business a year yeah, through yeah. people... Trickle down. Trickle down. So people listen to the podcast. Oh, go and see what he does. No, like, trust. Click yeah, yeah. click the link. Go to the call to action. Go down a funnel. Yeah, join, right. the, join the team. That's it. Blah, blah, blah. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a million pounds a year, and he's been doing that for as long as I've been there. So, you know, two and a half, three years, probably more than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that doesn't include the YouTube revenue, the sponsorship, you know, everything else all of that that's just leads into your business yeah right so from evergreen content because the podcast's always there old episodes that anyone can jump on and listen to at any time right 100% so like even within you know a week of me launching my podcast with no social media following you know dyslexic as fuck like literally <laughs> all of that just a, a week's worth so we had about seven hours worth of content out there made a 10 grand sale somebody joining the agency 10 grand bang really and they've just renewed really? like last week yeah, so it's like, do you know what I mean? It's and that was from me with nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've done, you know, maybe a hundred thousand plus or pushing it at least. And people that have come, to, and that's a pretty small, very very niche podcast. You yeah, know, yeah, small yeah. bond, right? With somebody like not, I don't massively push it to be honest. It's it's probably I, I neglect it a bit. Mm. But that's just because people buy into you, know you, like you. Yeah, There's yeah. like the competitors out there. The yeah. people that do it cheaper yeah. probably do a worse job, but yeah. you'd never know. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But, but they know you. Yeah. So, Again, no, like trust. So important. One of the most important things when you're building your personal brand, I think, and something that I think Rob does fucking really well. Yeah. Um, because I, I've been on a couple of progressive uh, training courses over the years, and I'm, I bought into them because I liked Rob. Yeah. It wasn't that I, I liked the name Progressive or I liked the orange banner. It, it makes no difference to it people. It makes no. It could have been called. No. It could have been called Rob Moore's property. I yeah. liked him as a person. I liked his his entrepreneurial skills that he's got. That he doesn't mind saying a fucking a shit, and he yeah. doesn't mind you know calling it calling it out and yeah. saying it how it is. And there's not many people that do that. The amount of people that bought Teslas because they like Elon Musk. Yeah, it's a pretty naff car to be honest. It's like it's a no. shit car. Yeah, do you know what I mean it's it's got. Probably the worst reputation for build quality. And I know like some people will have them. They're going to, it is good. My one's good at least, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But out of any manufacturer out there, at least publicly, it's the one that gets the most criticism for its build quality. Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. not cheap. They used to be. They're quite expensive now. They are not now. cheap. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, eh. But people buy them because they because love Elon. Elon. Yeah, you know yeah. And it's like, that's a big purchase to make. Yeah, yeah. Fucking that's right. A, 100 grand. Yeah. You know so I mean? it's yeah. ridiculous. But that one thing that Rob did really well is he's very good at weathering the storm. Yeah. So for 10 years, he's been on this social media grind. So he's on every single channel. Anytime a new one comes out, he'll give it a go. He's on podcasts. He's on YouTube. He's everywhere. Yeah. And what we find is because algorithms change so frequently is six months, one will fly. Yeah. Right, the first six months of Clubhouse, he amassed like 300,000 followers. Yeah. Um, and he will then put more attention into that one and lower his attention elsewhere, but he never stops it. Just enough to It'll keep that fire going. going over. Yeah. And then when you do a post and that one goes over, so post lockdown, there was uh, Facebook came back. Facebook had been dead for Rob's account for about five years, barely any traction. Post lockdown, he did one post. It was called Pingdemic, and it was him moaning about the um, like false pings and things like that for yeah, COVID. Yeah. Sorry if this is going on YouTube. I no. said COVID like ten times. Bleep yeah. <laughs> that. Um, and after that, Facebook's been flying for him ever since for about a year and a bit now. So it's just flying. So now that Instagram, TikTok, it's just about being everywhere, even when you're not getting the traction you hoped or you're not yeah, getting the traction yeah, yeah. you once did, yeah. trust me, it will come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just need to be in the game consistently enough and long enough yeah. to know it will come back and you need to keep it alive. Because if you go dead on a channel 
and then a year later you try and repost that same channel, the algorithm's not going to prioritize you. No, you're you're like a forgotten yeah yeah you know you're down here now yeah you're like the employee that like phones in sick all the time like you're I've, not committed to it no oh it's, it's funny you say it because i've heard from a lot of people i speak to and uh opinions vary and they say oh you should just focus on one platform and get good at that and i'm like why like why would you not be on all platforms like you just said with rob he's here there and everywhere and if he's focusing more on one he might lower his attention on one of the others while he's you know but I'd, yeah i'd be on all of them so mr b said this recently in an interview that it was like it's never been easier to go viral this is the first time in content and social media history so since you know 2008 ish that you can create one piece of content you can create a, a 60 second clip yeah and you are able to post that exact same clip on every single channel and it would be, it's possible for it to go viral. Yeah, on either channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or on all of them, right? Yeah, but yeah, five yeah. years ago, you had to create different pieces of content. Yes. So Facebook, I had to create this. A Instagram, video. I had to create this image. Yeah. On YouTube, I had to create a 15-minute clip. Podcasts had to be an hour interview, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all had to be different. And yeah. then the advice is much more focus on one. Mix it all. Yeah. yeah. I, I normally do like um, a, a 70, 20, 10, something like that, right? So you go, um, whatever one is working the most, Yeah. double down, Yeah. right? Strike whilst the iron's hot, yeah. you know, do it. Like if, if Instagram's going viral for you all the time, spend more time in their analytics, post more yeah, frequently yeah, on yeah. that. Do, you know, a lot of these platforms, by the way, will reward you for being a user, especially yeah. on TikTok. So a lot of people go on TikTok and they're not getting the traction they want, but it's because they only go on their post. They open it, they upload, they, don't they engage. disappear. Don't engage. Don't engage. They want you to be in the actual, they want you to like and comment on other people's stuff. They want stuff. you to be a, an active user. 100%, because you know what the trends are because you're consuming it. Yeah. And that's really clever. So I would spend, you know, Budget your time. Yeah, of course. Um, but be everywhere. And create, do a podcast where you can chop it up. Yeah. And then, you know, repurpose it. So um, Tools of Titans by um, Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Right. That book was written based off of transcriptions from his podcast. Yeah. He interviewed Titans. Yeah. Took, you know, my biggest takeaway from each guest for a year. That's a chapter. Yeah. Now, between him and an editor or a ghostwriter, that's a book that sold 5 million copies, you know, made him five plus million dollars content that it already 100 so it's not just having a podcast can be repurposed into a tiktok yeah right i've now got written content for a book yeah, yeah, yeah. um a newsletter yeah i've got my social media I've subscription got my YouTube, site subscription site there's so many different things that people can do isn't there? that's it i feel like a lot of people will say um they'll use it as an objection as to why they're not doing it but the real objection why they're not doing it is Fear of failure. Can't be asked. Judgment. Uh, judgment. Big one. hundred percent. Um, I get that all the time. But I feel that. Who doesn't? Imposter syndrome. That's it. Yeah. Um, and that's tough. But we all get that. hundred percent. We all get that. And that's why I like, you know, Rob's, what Rob says, start now. Get perfect as you go along. Yeah. Don't have that fear of, oh shit, I'm not good enough yeah. to get going because you are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, like you said earlier, if you've got an idea or something that you're good at, you know, and you're you're doing a job with that skill now. Mm. The chances are you can probably monetize that into into something else and earn yourself a side hustle. Oh yeah, easy. So I've got like two examples. I sort of go back to yeah, when, go on, share it. So like, first one's a podcast called Pit Stop. Right, two guys. Uh, have you watched on Netflix? Uh, Drive to Survive, the F one thing. Or yeah, yeah, on yeah, there. yeah. So they watched that, and like a lot of people knew nothing about F one, didn't watch it. It, the season one happened to be one of the best, you know, Formula One seasons ever. Yeah. A really like tight finish. And then they fell in love with it. Yeah. So they started a podcast called Pit Stop, knowing nothing. Really? Never watched it. They'd only watched season one of the Netflix show. Oh, really? And it was it was like a, um, a passion project, but also like a discoverability thing. Like, yeah. come with us as On we- On the journey. As we explore from being like an absolute fuckwit. Novice. To, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now they're- in you know they're behind the scenes they get press access they're interviewing all of the drivers right they're making a fortune mm. and the premise was literally we know nothing but it's fun come, and come along yeah, so yeah. that there's a perfect example of like you may know nothing great yeah do you know who else knows Even nothing? 99 percent of the population yeah, yeah. and the other one is uh, i use um property for example 
Right, so you've got the, the Rob Moores, Mark Homers of the world. Right, big developments. Like 100 unit flats, stuff like that. You've got the, they've got podcasts about property. Yeah. And somewhere down the bottom, you might have someone who, working class, saved up some money, did a lot of the reno themselves. They've got one buy to let. And they've been in property six, seven months, right? Yeah. That's it. Com- yeah. Novice, but they've got one got a bit of them. knowledge. Who's more valuable to me who wants to get into property? You know, working class, right? I've saved up this pot of money. I know nothing about property. Probably the guy on I'm the lower idiot. end. Exactly, because all of what they're talking about is... Big, is different. Eight, league. nine figure stuff. That's, that's right? two, three years down the line. Yeah, that's yeah. stuff that isn't applicable. And also, even personalities would be different. Our appetite for risk is different. If their thing fails, yeah, they'll lose loads of money. But if they've got loads of money left, yeah. yes. Yeah. If I have been saving... And you lose it all. Done. Yeah, Am yeah, I yeah. remortgaging my house? Am I... You're, Selling you're, all your shit. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like... Yeah. You're actually more valuable to me. And to I, those people that are relative to you. Yeah, because you're just slightly ahead. Yeah. Because the best thing that even as a complete beginner, 99.9% of the population is still further behind you. Like they say yeah, yeah, if yeah. you read one book on a topic, you know 99 more you know more about that topic more than 99% of the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So flip the frame. If those people at the very top are only talking to 0.1% of the population. The other, Why do you think they've got an advantage over you when you can talk to 99%? You've got the wider market. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good way of looking at it. So I that, hadn't even thought about it like that either. Yeah, those are the, the two sort of scenarios I go to and people are like, yeah, but who's going to listen to me? Eight billion people could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's right though. And that's a good bit of information, I think. So what have you learned? So, I mean, you've been working with Rob a few years now, yeah. a progressive team. What have you learned from Rob Moore that you think is, has been most valuable to you? I'll tell you what. This is the thing that's made me the happiest in my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, is he did an equation on whether or not you should do something for yourself. Yeah. So count up roughly how many hours you've worked in you know, a month, three months. I did a year. Yeah. Counted all of them. How much you made. Divide it and find out what, out what you got your paid. Your true hourly wage. Yeah, I may have done that. Yeah, and it's probably depressing. Like, it, it, it fucking is. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you work a lot. Yeah. And you know, you can earn some good money, but yeah. you don't realize how many hours you worked. Yeah. But the thing, the key is, whatever that is, if a task costs you less, don't do it. Outsource it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I now get, um, I'm not like huge into fitness or anything like that but I try and like stay on top of it. Right. I, yeah. I wish I was better. I wasn't, but now I get, um, like high protein meal prep delivered to my door. Yeah. 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 So every your shit at fucking prepping your meals yeah. and making sure you're eating the right That's stuff. That's it. Yeah, Otherwise I, I I'll need turn... to do that. So muscle foods, um, I think it cost me like 40 quid a fortnight. Right. Yeah. But how many hours would it take me to cook all of that stuff? And right? you've probably saved money on buying shit that you don't actually need. hundred percent. Now I don't get much of my girlfriends discuss. I don't get any like snacks or anything like that. Yeah. I, I, just, I just, I hated going shopping. Yeah, I, I hated cooking. Yeah. So now I only order in what I know I should be eating. Yeah. And now that means, and I'll go to a shop every once in a while for toiletries, right? Yeah, or, or That's it. groceries, things you need to get, you might not have. Like, That's it. And yeah. it's so rare. So anything like that. Um, so leverage is taught leverage you. biggest thing yeah. anything um, who's better who's faster who enjoys it more who is um, cheaper than what I'm Did, I could go and make were you were you of the mindset because I know I used to be before I like realised how fucking strong leverage is and like gave my head a wobble but did you like to think before that that you could do it all yourself I don't, I don't know if it was that or whether it was like necessity. So when I was at uni, yeah, you got to, didn't you? Yeah, and I was like surviving like a ten pound a week. You living to your means, and, and I was so like, I was always like really, really tight and things like that. And you spend ages cooking, and I'm like walking like half an hour each way to a shop, and then you've got yeah, like, yeah. four bags for life <laughs> like this. Yeah. And it's like you're doing absolutely everything, and then just to survive, basically. And I tell you what, it just kills your motivation to go and do other things yeah and even if you're not motivated but at least disciplined like those extra hours have been like my earning has massively gone up since like two and a half years ago even after the money i'm spending on outsourcing more things in my life yeah 
right? So because you got more time, way more time. Mm. And then when you're around the right people and you continue to learn and you know stuff like that, then you have naturally more opportunities. Yeah. Um. So one thing that not necessarily he taught me, but I've sort of got benefit from is just the network of people I'm around all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you are the average of the five people you spend most of your time with 100% and like the the doors that open and things like this so anytime I'm talking to someone who says like oh I'm like stuck or I feel like I'm unfulfilled or I feel like I'm wasting x immediately so just change your environment move. yeah yeah change the people you're with yeah do something different so one of the um be- be- actually between getting accepted um at progressive and um uni I had a job that was the best thing that ever happened to me. So I was like, I need money desperately. No one's hiring. Who And I wanted to do sales. Who was hiring? Commission-only window sales. Really? I did that for six, seven months. Yeah, Fucking yeah. miserable. It's shit, isn't it? Made great money. Yeah. But one one of the reasons I was accepted is because I in my interview um at progressive i said that i wanted to be rewarded for the work i put in yeah and nothing says that more than saying giving up your salary yeah yeah, yeah. like speaking of which literally in like now i'm leaving employment with progressive and just going to be a contractor yeah um and explore other things so i'm now um kind of the face of one of their brands yeah um like progressive media all of the content stuff and because it just means i can spend more time doing speaking engagements, coming on podcasts, focusing on social media, growing my podcast, which is better for me, it's better for the company than me spending a lot of time like doing back-end work. Back end, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I was like, I'm more than happy to give up my salary for that because I know that it's going to pay off for every party here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that... So that's what's next for you and that's the next step, what you're doing. Literally, as, as we speak, that that's happening, yeah. Nice. So um, looking forward to that massively. Good but, luck. Good yeah, thank you very all. much. I appreciate that. But yeah, just leverage, outsource as much as you can. Yeah. Um, and then just if your environment's crap, like change your environment get and try and get in front of, of other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like being around other like really driven salespeople. Yeah. Um, that was massive for me. Figuring out at a young age what earning potential can be when you're not stuck in a salary was yeah, like yeah. eye opening. When for you're me not as in well. the system, that's it. Yeah, hundred percent. So I think that's the, like the two biggest lessons I've learned. Uh, nice, mate. So where can people find you online? How can people, uh, you know, get in contact with you and listen to your podcast and things like that, mate? All right. So the podcast is called the Podcasters Podcast. Um, so anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, Instagram is at the Kane Baron or Kane Baron on LinkedIn. Those are the three places I'm most active. Nice one, mate. Well, it's been great talking to you today. And you, buddy. I appreciate you having me. Thanks for coming down and we'll, uh, we'll catch up again soon, mate. Yeah, definitely. Nice one, Kane. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Cheers. The T-Hearts, proudly brought to you by eGrowth Media.